I think a lot of people, especially a lot of queer people, you know, there are some that even for that film, the comments said, wow, loved it. So dark, twisted. And then some queer people that are like, this is garbage. I don't want to see queer people, you know, uh, bad things happen to them. So I think I've just sort of, I just know no matter what with, with adding queer characters in horror, some people are not going to like it. Like I know your last summer, Sadly, I, I want it to be more popular, but I know there are a lot of anti-gay people out there. And some people have told me right off the bat, like, it's so disappointing that you have two men in their bathing suits kissing on the beach. Like that is just, it, someone literally said it's so disappointing to see that. And it's like, okay, well, make your own fucking fan film. I don't, I mean, good luck to you, you know? It's 2023, you know, and the, the gay characters don't need to just be the sidekicks or like the, the ones with sass. You know, they have... You know, they're real issues. They're totally normal people. So, yeah. And then if people respond to it well, cool. If they don't, you know. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin and Kat. Hello. Hello. Hi. This week, we are excited to welcome a very special guest to the show, Mark J. Parker. Hello, Mark. Hello. I love your um, intro voice, Trent. Oh. Very like, uh, <laughs> like experienced, and he's the show has begun. Thank you. So cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. There's more where that came from. We know Mark as the award-winning independent filmmaker behind the short films Your Last Summer, Twin, Family History, Sticks, and 25 Years After Woodsboro. Mark is also an acting and screenwriting coach, casting director, actor, and host and producer of the Release Date Rewind podcast. There's a lot to talk about, Mark. First, I would love to hear your personal horror origin story. Everybody's got one. And I think I have an idea or two about where yours might go, but I'd love to hear your version. <laughs> I bet you do. It's probably kind of obvious, huh? From just hearing those titles. Um, yeah, great question. It's I always love talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. That was the first movie that I remember. I, I was Freddy Krueger when I was six years old for Halloween and the neighbors were very confused, not happy. I remember a, 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 some lady was yelling at my dad saying, I can't believe you let him dress up like that. I thought it was cool. My, my dad's like, it's a movie. I thought that was the coolest thing. I was so confused. Why would anyone not be Freddy Krueger on Halloween at age six, right? right? So yeah, my horror origins, my dad showed me a lot of stuff. I remember Freddy. I remember Leprechaun. Um, I, I grew up, I was born in 87. So yeah, kind of the late 80s, early 90s was when I was starting to kind of actually like process and remember, you know, movies that were on TV, on cable or, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, and then once, uh, let's see, once Scream came out in 96, I saw the, the ads, the trailers, and I was around nine or 10. And uh, oh my God, that's all I could talk about. I was like, I need to see this movie called Scream. And all my friends were like, you're so weird. Why are you like <laughs> caring about that movie? Because, you know, it, even though it was a horror comedy, it had a very like 
dark, spooky, like serious tone. And it looked so cool. And I was like, I got to see this movie. I would, I would reenact the commercials for my friends that didn't watch TV. I mean, that's how interested I was. So I finally saw that. And uh, that made me right there. I was like, okay, I got to do this at least for fun, maybe for a living, but I gotta, I gotta now do this all the time. You know, your podcast release date rewinds. You've talked about so many movies that we've talked about on speak all evil. Like you've covered uh, your Bram Stoker's Dracula episode. It's it's so good. Uh, (laughs) But you've talked about, you know, I know you did last summer, Candyman, the thing poltergeist uh, scream, obviously uh, silence of the lambs, but, I'm curious, like the evolution of your podcast, um, because we've had kind of a similar evolution in terms of we've had to refine the way that we talk about things. Um, And I've noticed that you had a lot of your early episodes were two movies and then you brought them down to one. But the runtime didn't change. So, I know. I'm tr- I'm working on that. I really am trying to get it. <laughs> I'm down. not judging. I'm not judging. Oh my god. Well, I'm judging myself cuz I-, I feel it when I'm editing cuz I'm one of those podcasters much like you guys. You got to edit a little bit. Some of these podcasters don't edit. I'm like Tell me about I don't it. Really, I don't really want to hear you have your technical issues or what like you got to cut that out. Um yeah, so when I started the show, you know, it's funny cuz people ask me and I don't really know why I think I just was like, to make it easier on myself, I'm only going to do one episode a month. And I always knew I wanted to talk about at least two movies because one just wasn't enough, right? Although some months I'm like, I know I should talk about two. I don't care so much about that other one. Like I talked about The Beautician and the Beast with Fran Drescher, like a movie I love, (laughs) but I should not, I should not have talked about that. That, Right, Kat? Like (laughs) it's, it's a good movie. I love it. I'll talk to anyone off offline but like i shouldn't have done that episode oh well but so yeah long story short i think i just thought i'm only gonna just do one episode a month it'll be easier on me on edit but i found the conversation still to be good but like i couldn't fully just nerd out i was like so conscious of time like all right it's been 45 minutes we gotta switch over to the other one you know (laughs) and i think also i noticed from a couple friends and a couple random listeners that told me like on Instagram, like, oh, I wish you talked about seven more or something. And that's when I was like, yeah, I feel like actually I should just split it up. And, you know, for a while I was trying to have the same guest stay on for two episodes. But then I learned like some people don't want to talk about Beautician the Beast and A Clockwork Orange in the same episode. There's no connection, (laughs) you know? So I just, I split them up and then that way you can just, you know exactly what you're getting into. You don't have to fast forward if you don't care about the first movie, you know? But yeah, you're right. The runtime has not gone down. I don't think the runtime necessarily matters because what I've noticed is that as you refined it down to one movie, the guests that you had on, the conversations that you have are so much more meaningful as you lead up to breaking down the movie. And it really shows like a very personal connection that you have to these guests. I I was not trying to be judgmental at all in terms of runtime. I was just more curious, like what the uh, decision making process was to go from one movie uh, or down from two movies to one. Uh, Right. Um, I guess just going back, uh, kind of heading towards the filmmaking aspect for you. You've been making films for a while. Do you feel like it's kind of changed and in which ways do you think so? Like since you've started, where do you think it's Mm. kind of gone to uh, that now that you're making them? It's let's think it it's changed in some ways, hasn't changed at all in many ways. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. Like the last one I made your last summer for my 
technically the fifth short that's that's finished but the sixth one i've shot because i'm in post on on something else that i worked on last year right for your last summer in the in last year in the span of like a, a calendar year i worked on three of these shorts and i was so exhausted like i need a break mm-hmm. um so yeah the last one was really hard doing a, a fully outdoor exterior film and I thought I could do that all in one day. And I've AD'd <laughs> on so many shoots. I should have known better. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, sorry, guys. Can you come back? Like, what's good for everyone, which made it so hard, you know? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, in the beginning, and I, you know, and much like you guys, because I know you guys are all doing cool, creative stuff as well. Like, um, you're always learning. Like, you could do this, like, for 100 shoots, and you're still always learning. There's still something that could have gone smoother, something that you could have done better something you know a plan b and c and d but yeah definitely like for my first quote-unquote professional ish you know my first serious short sticks oh my gosh i especially with post i i thought i knew all the basics i knew nothing i'm like oh god we have to do <laughs> that we have to do that where it's not done you know yeah. but at least now yeah i'm i'm much more savvy with at least the the big milestones that you have to make with every film you know but yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm always learning, like color mm-hmm. correction. I still don't know anything about like camera lenses. So like, you know, it's, it's still learning, but luckily I feel like getting smoother. I've, I've heard from other, from New England actors that, you know, some shoots they go on, they don't even get a call sheet. Like they don't, you know, so at least hearing that it's like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm do, I, I have a good handle on at least those like core key basics that some indie shoots, you know, just don't have. Mark, going back further on the filmmaking side, I know you worked in television. I know you've done acting. I know you've done theater, film, television on the mm-hmm. acting side. And I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I'd like to hear more about you have, uh, speaking of family history, is a, a title of, of one of your shorts, but I believe you have a, a, a bit of a family history in entertainment as well. Is that right? That's, wow, you did your research. Look oh. at you, Trent. Um, <laughs> wow. It's called uh, stalking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you wow oh it's so nice to have a stalker this is a momentous occasion um so my my dad i think because of me growing up in the philly area and like immediately kind of you know auditioning for commercials and doing indie films you know my my intro for many people as well is you know the acting side right so i think because of me my dad um sort of was like oh i've always loved movies so i'm gonna like produce some indie stuff. So I actually kind of learned a little bit of stuff from him. He was more the producer that like, he had like a, a bit of a savings that I don't have. And so he was able to be like the money <laughs> producer, like something I'm like, can you work on this for $50 for 24 hours? But so he <laughs> he was able to like, you know, do some funding and a little bit of scheduling, but he was kind of more like big picture money kind of stuff for some of these small feature films, some really bad movies. And he'll, he'll, <laughs> admit they were bad so yeah a little bit of family stuff there my sister as well for a tiny bit we tried to get her in the indie film world and she did a couple roles but like yeah but so for a little bit there we were like the parker the indie parker family but then it was really just me and my dad and even up until a couple years ago my dad would talk about like yeah i'm producing this feature and we're trying to trying to get like john travolta and i would have to tell him like dad you're not getting john travolta why are you why are you even you and your friends can I, oh my God, one time, I'm not lying, he said, we're thinking, he, he asked me, he said, can I use your IMDb Pro and look up Justin Bieber's contact? We want to con-? I'm like, you're oh. not contacting, no. And I had to say, I got angry. I was like, dad, you're not contacting Justin Bieber. It's going to go to spam anyway. 
aim much lower. I think I told him like, like blue bloods level, like go to CBS, maybe someone that's a little bit lower on the cast list, maybe them and probably not even them, you know, Justin Bieber's a no. So like, most people just yeah. have to worry about what their dad's going to do in the Facebook comments. You actually have to worry about your dad using your connections to try to get a hold of Justin Bieber. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like when I used to work in talk shows in New York, like, you know, and I knew it was always like kind of half joking, but he'd be like, Hey, I saw that so-and-so was just on Regis and Kelly. Do you have their contact info? I'm like, no, no. And I'm not guilty, you know, like delusional. So, you know, and I, I know, funny. you know, we're, we're playing around, but uh, yeah. So, so yeah, he definitely gave me a little bit of an insight at a young age into like producing and how vague that is. Um, he doesn't do much of that anymore, but yeah. So that's our little awesome. family that's connection cool. to the biz. Very cool. Well, well, I mean, you you, you said um, you're now three years a Mainer. I, I'm curious, uh, as a horror aficionado like you are, uh, and now being in Maine, what are what is the blessing and the curse that gives us Stephen King uh, in Maine? Because I feel like we have arguably the the, the goat of of horror mm-hmm. in our state. But we've also never been able to benefit from that. We've never, mm. other than King, who else has really come out of Maine and, and really made our spooky little state um, a real like horror destination? I know. you're. That's a great point because it's all right. Everyone knows. Like People who don't even know where Maine is on the map are like, oh, yeah, Stephen King, Maine. Yeah, there's a connection mm-hmm. there. But you're right. Like. It's funny because I'm still new. So I don't know if I'm like an official Mainer yet. You guys have to tell me because I know a lot of Portland people think like Portland's the end of Maine. Like you don't get more south than that. I'm like, (laughs) there, there is more, but you know, I know I'm in a a different, we're like a different state. Right. But um, yeah, I feel like selfishly, I kind of like that we're a little slightly like under the radar, you know, but on the, on the flip side, I totally know what you mean. Like, why are we not getting more, especially horror cred, but just like any creative film cred, you know, it happens once in a while in the bedroom, the man without a face, love that one. A a few other things here and there, you know, Patrick Dempsey's from here, Anna Kendrick, but like, yeah, you're so right. There should be like, it's a shame that show Castle Rock, which I know is over now on Hulu, but like that yeah. would have been so cool if that actually filmed in Maine and just yeah. and just embraced this just the natural spooky. And I say spooky like it's a beautiful state. You guys all know it's a beautiful state, but beauty can also be spooky. And you know, winter's falls here. It just you just can't help but like fully embrace the the spookiness. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. And also, it's hard because Stephen King, I hear, doesn't even really live in Maine anymore, right? Is he spending more time in Florida? Yeah, he's more more Florida based. Fun fact: so my husband makes candles. He has a a small candle business, Nubble Light Candle, inspired by the Nubble Lighthouse in York, and the Stephen King tour in Bangor, which like takes you to his house and a few different locations. I think I'm allowed to say this. Uh, I'll let you know, Trent. Maybe you have to cut it. But they um, <laughs> they ordered special custom candles that are Stephen King themed, which was really fun. Mm. Brainstorming some titles. There's a little Carrie, oh, yes. of course, mm. It and Pennywise. And I think we did Georgie's Sewer Drain. I think that's the name. Oh, that's oh, what did that it. smell like? 
That's depressing. Uh, <laughs> no, like wet depressing. dog. Like, or... Very dark. It's it's. Oh my gosh, what is it? It might it might be like a nice wet smell. It might not be all that different than like our like ocean smell. Just you know, maybe with a little bit more like earth in it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So so the Stephen King connection that was a really fun little brainstorm to come up with some like right away like for for Carrie. We uh, you know speaking of Carrie. I didn't know this. I read the book long, long ago. Loved the original movie, you know, the sequel, the remake. There's so many versions of it, right? But I didn't know that the name of the high school and Carrie is different almost in every version. The Stephen King book, I forget the name, but it's different than the 76 movie. So when we're coming up with like, ooh, Chamberlain High prom, then we're like, oh, it's actually not Chamberlain High in the book. I forget mm -hmm. what it is now. So that got a little harry we're like well which name do we give it movie's so popular but the you know so right anyway i know i'm going on a tangent but yeah the stephen king spirit it was at least fun to keep that going and tie it into some main made candles you know do you think there's kind of a difference between making films in new england or maine versus other areas that you've lived in in some ways yes in some ways no not at all um, the mm -hmm. first, even though my, even though sticks, my first short was shot in Maine. I, I shot it at my mother-in-law's house, which is crazy that I brought like half the crew was from New York. Half the cast was Maine or half the cast and crew were Maine. And like, we drove all the way up all night. Like, what was they thinking? Like I'm, that alone was a horror movie. I think that's, yeah, that my was next in Belfast, right? <laughs> that was in Belfast. Absolutely. So, you know, even a few hours still more North than Portland. So driving mm -hmm. up from New York overnight was, was tough, but um, yeah, you know, that's a great question. I think the trickiest thing for me and also as still a newbie full-time Mainer is just kind of, making and especially i moved here during the height of covid you know like other people did so like that was kind of tough making friends and making connections and all that um and just sort of being taken seriously because you know we know that the main creative community and filmmaking community is pretty tight-knit it's small but there are so many indie filmmakers all over the state and you know it's not only in portland or not only you know in in portsmouth or kittery you know so i think just kind of navigating because in new york you know it, everyone's just right there it's it's pretty mm -hmm. easy to find people and you know so i think just kind of navigating you know finding crew members like good people who like horror you know because not everyone does which is so sad um <laughs> but i think that finding your their team is a little trickier when you're not in that kind of centralized city um and also i think because new like a place like new york or even philly people were i don't know anymore but they were used to working odd jobs for like maybe not a lot of money but like whatever you know mainers are a little bit different many people yes will be like oh my god yeah but then some people i think because we get such good like kind of commercial work i think sometimes people actually have a pretty high rate here and it's yeah. like oh yeah. oh i make <laughs> I, I i do some low but like this is like a thousand bucks of my own money you know so i mean mm -hmm. i pay everyone i always pay everyone at least something but yeah some people are like oh yeah my rate is way up here because a good old ll bean and i'm like oh dang okay i will not be able to work with you you know so that's that's kind of part of the tricky navigation as well you know that uh luckily we have some really good skilled people in this area which is so cool whereas new york you had all types of skill levels but a little bit more i think because everyone kind of had a day job even if it was a really cool creative day job you still had that hunger to kind of do 
the extra work, like not, you know, like, like the side gigs, you know, whereas some people are like that here and, and some people aren't. And that's totally cool. It's just navigating that for me has been a little bit of a tricky challenge, but that's kind of how it would be in any new place for anyone, you know? Mark, I've heard you talk about your time in television and say that you didn't find that what you were doing uh, wasn't the most creatively satisfying mm -hmm. or that you didn't feel that you were involved in the most creative aspects of what you were working on. It sounded to me, uh, and I'd like you to, to tell us, but it sounded to me like you were maybe doing a, a bit of sort of guest handling. Was that TV experience, did that lead into to being the casting director? Totally. It totally did. Getting into casting was sort of accidental. And it's funny, like, as a young actor, I always said, like, oh, I don't think I can work on that side because I'd always be jealous. I'd always be like, this person sucks, you know, but actually, <laughs> it's, <me>. it's <laughs> right. Yeah, which is so terrible. But I'm being honest. Um, oh, yeah, I was I couldn't get it. But oh, my God, it's the perfect segue for any actor or you know a, a hybrid actor producer actor writer like it's it makes so much sense because you know how to talk to actors and it's also great like for directors as well but yeah so so let's see tv i started working in tv i guess it was back in like 2007 in college and i really worked a lot in talk shows which was fun for a while especially when you're like 20 years old and you're meeting everyone from you know blake lively hot on gossip girl season one which was all the rage to you know <laughs> holly hunter and kelsey Grammer and like these you know everyone from like bravo liberties to like actual a-listers that was cool and then slowly you know i did that for a while probably like five years or so and and I could tell deep within me, I'm like, this isn't actually what I want to be doing. It's like fun stories to tell friends over drinks. Like, oh, yeah, you know who's a total asshole, you know, um, which I still always want to do. But I really have to, like, be careful because, you know, these things can be found. I got to, yes, you know, can. shut my mouth. But, um, you know, then I, I slowly realized, like, yeah, no, I'm like, and I know this sounds so dumb, what I'm about to say. But you guys probably agree like there's just you know in your brain you're like but i'm like kind of like creative and like i'm an artist even though like i've never actually said that but you like i feel like that's so lena dunham of me but you know what i mean like you just know in your brain you're like yeah but like i want to like create stories producing talk shows don't get me wrong of course it's hard you know these some of these shows have been on the air for years it's real work but like they're not really artists they're not really creators like i kind of want to like let's like make a movie and tell a story and say something you know so slowly too slowly i really do regret staying in talk shows for so long luckily that then segued me into casting sort of by accident knew a friend at celebrity ghost stories such a fun show horror <gasps> i mean it was like yes. so much yes. and Love that, that was like my after i did some casting in like like on the bachelor um and shows like that for a little bit and the voice super fun but again not really what i should have been doing but again fun stories right then but i can't I wait to talk to you about these later oh yeah yeah After totally. the yeah podcast. the bachelor i forget i forget his name but the guy i met the day of our casting session in new york i brought him upstairs i had him fill out his paperwork he ended up winning i think or i forget it's all a blur now i you need to write a love book before happen. all these yeah, sort of, in a very small way. I was very hungover that day. I could barely 
see or uh, talk clearly. So, but I met, I think his name was Jared. Aren't they all named Jared? I don't really know. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> yeah. after some, yeah, a little bit of like reality that. casting and reality show stuff, then that's when I got into casting at Celebrity Ghost Stories. And so that was so much fun. Not much pay, but again, mid twenties. And like, it was just so fun to work and see the makeup. And like, we were, oh my God, the days were so long. It was crazy. I was I was cat the casting associate and also the talent handler on set. So like looking back on it, really crazy. And they totally took advantage of me, but whatever, it was fun. But like, you know, wrangling people while also emailing and sending people the call sheet for the next day, sometimes having to replace an actor or still cast a role, you know, doing a lot like on an old iPhone back then, you know, but um, that made me realize like, oh yeah, I officially need to, you know, be be part of like making some fun stories even if it's silly cable reality shows reality quote unquote you know at least that is much more creative than right this way holly hunter or whatever <laughs> you know um and so yeah then then that got me a nice kind of producing gig which then let me slide into taking over the casting director role for at abc for this show called what would you do which jeremy holm who's in the ranger which i know you guys had um yeah jen wexler yeah, and jen buckley wexler, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I met them a long time. I doubt they remember me, but I met them at a screening and I said to them, I was like, yeah, I know Jeremy Holm from What Would You Do? Such an awesome actor, such a, such a great guy. We like sort of overlapped a bit, but that was right as he was about to take off on House of Cards. So he left that show. So I never got to like actually like book him, but we met on a shoot. But um, yeah, I was at ABC for a long time uh, casting about like six, seven years ish. Um, until I absolutely hated it. But um, while I was there, it was a cushy enough job working on some unscripted shows, like a lot of improv heavy shows, which was a really awesome time. I was able to write and then and start directing my own films on the side while being at that job. So, yeah. So, I mean, as you got into that, like, that's a great segue, because that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. You, you've, you've had these short films that you obviously got into after this experience that you had. And it seems like a mix. It seems like a mix of like very like fan favorite, like things mm -hmm. that you're passionate about. You want to do some fan films, um, but also some that like do have potential aspirations to become a uh, feature film. There's very different um, elements of heart in terms of I feel like you did this one because you really wanted to do this one. And then mm -hmm. there are some that you maybe did with some dis different aspirations. And I'm curious, like, where you're really at with those. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. You guys are good. Great question, <laughs> Kevin. Wow. And now I'm like, hmm, what was I thinking? Um, yeah. So, like, <laughs> let's think. I mean, yeah, because later after making three or like original shorts you know like sticks was honestly it just came i i wrote it years ago as a feature and writing a feature as you guys probably know i'm sure you know either you've done it or you know people have it it's just so hard for me like so i wrote sticks as a feature based on just a road trip to the woods in pennsylvania years ago where like things were going wrong and we kept spooking ourselves out and you know telling scary stories so like something like that super personal like i just knew like oh man like there's a there's something to do with telling scary stories and sort of mixing um you know what's really there with like imagination and then before you know it 
okay, are they actually in a story that they're telling? You know, like like bl- blurring that world. And, and the I, I was super inspired by like Michael Haneke who did like funny games. Funny games, and, yes. Right? And like he, he <laughs> shows you what he wants to show you and then you, you're not sure and you hear things. So like Sticks is that kind of thing. Family history, like I, I'm actually, I think I'm most proud of that one. I think it... I had a great DP, Brendan H. Banks, who shot the movie Scare Me. Scare me. That's on Shudder. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brendan and I went to high school together and college together, but he was at a different campus at Fordham and we weren't really like friendly, but um, I knew he was doing amazing work. And I was like, what do you, you know, so he's, oh my God, everyone hire him. He's really good. Um, but yeah, that, um, honestly, that, I got the idea for that just by looking at my friend, Tom, who is my co-producer on some of these things. He lives in that beautiful condo living the life on this lake in connecticut and he and his husband posted this beautiful picture of like a sunrise and i was like okay we gotta shoot something there and i just kept thinking like lady lady of the lake like how do we mm-hmm. and like let's add in like a like a, a queer aspect and that's really when i was like oh yeah i i i'm i'm a gay person like i know other queer people who love horror that's when i knew for sure like i gotta try to merge the queer world and the horror world as much as possible because why not and i have gotten some flack for it um and listen to me as if like i have i'm in the spotlight all the time i'm not at all but like some festivals <laughs> some some people have said like i don't like that you kill you know gay characters like we can't accept this some festivals have told me like we can't accept this because you you killed you know a minority or a, a gay person and i'm like yeah my whole thing is yeah but i'm just trying to put queer people in the roles normally play i'm trying to i'm trying to do movies with queer characters that are always normally straight characters and we don't really mm-hmm. get upset when the straight people die so it, there's really there's no i'm a queer person i don't want queer people dying like it's just a scary <laughs> story it's fun you know what i mean like and of course it gets dark but like i just want it like twin i just got the idea i just want to see cute young queer couple two women um just going into an Airbnb for a weekend getaway, like anyone of any gender, any sexuality would, it doesn't actually matter at all that they're queer. They're just doing something that normally we've seen in Amityville, we've seen in The Conjuring. It's just a a straight couple dealing with some ghosts or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of like my little spiel on, you know, whenever I can add in a queer character, I do. And sometimes like Family History or Your Last Summer, I, I add in, you know, what it's like to be gay or queer and a secret or the awkwardness that comes with it, If you know. But sometimes it's just, I just want to have a gay person in that role. Like the film I'm doing now, Casting Kill, which is my first like true horror comedy. Um, the lead character is a gay man. I think he, he, I forget, I think I had to cut it for time just to make it not so long. He mentions his male partner's name and that's that like there's nothing else about it doesn't matter at all you know but just knowing Mm -hmm. that that lead character is not straight that's like all you know that i figured was needed right but um yeah so i'm trying to remember if i'm like staying on track here um yeah that's kind (laughs) of like my films in a nutshell when they when they can be queer go for it and then sometimes like my scream fan film in my mind the young the assistant uh, character played by a great busy actress hallie curley who moved to la and she is shooting something every day i'm like how do you do it if if it was a feature that character in my mind was actually a queer right but no need to bring it up in the short because there just really wasn't 
any point, but at least I know, you know, and if anyone wanted to mm-hmm. ask now, you know, you know, um, but yeah, some films later on because my scream film, I just, when they announced scream five, I was like, shit, I've had an idea for so long. This is annoying because I need to be in those meetings. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot. I already was starting to write a long outline for just, just fan fiction for my brain just to get it out. Right. And I was like, you know what? F it. I'm going to shoot it. And I got it out the day before Scream 5 came out. But like, because that was my most popular film with, with some good views on YouTube, I, that's what then led me to why not do another classic 90 slasher that I love and, and, you know, do a little sequel to, I know what you did last summer. So yeah, but I don't, I'll do some more fan films, but I'm also going to go back to some original stories as well. I feel like I got to, you know, do both. And, and sorry, like, just to like go back, what aspirations do you have for a feature film? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, stick started as a feature. I'm still definitely open to doing it as a feature and it can be done. It's pretty simple, pretty twisted, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, that can be done. Family history. I do have an idea for a pretty twisted feature. Twin is a short. I didn't really think too much about it. Honestly, real talk. I wanted to make twins. So that was a, a an Airbnb cottage that I used to own. I actually bought that before moving to Maine full time. So that like helped us decide, you know, we got to like live in Maine, you know, so we would go there often. But I, so once we moved here full time, we still had the cottage and we were renting it out. And I was like, we wanted to get rid of that creepy twin bed. So long story short, literally, I was like, <laughs> well, before we get rid of that twin bed that we inherited from the previous owner, which looked like an old like hospital bed. I was like, this is so weird. I was like, well, before we, we get rid of it, I really just got to make a quick little short film. So we shot that in one day. I came up with that story very wow. quickly. That was, that might be my least uh, kind of thought of for a while, you know, like sticks and family, family history. A lot of people make the connection to get out. Um, I won't spoil mm. it in case anyone listening is actually going to go watch it, but you know, there's a little bit of a, twist within the family a little bit of luring but i wrote that before get out even came out so some of these stories i had in mind for years but twin was just a fun little let me write this and in like two months we'll shoot it you know so that's a short um the scream film yeah i have a whole feature film idea i now in my brain with scream six i'm like okay next the next movie they can go here they can do that you know um your last summer it's funny because some of the actors want to keep doing it but it was just such a brutal shoot i'm like no that's done we're, we're not going back to that <laughs> um, you know i have like a an inkling of an idea if you know if they ever wanted you know but no i that's pretty much done you know um and then cast and kill my new one which is the comedy which is about a casting director having an a session from hell and there's blood and death and screaming. That's also a short, there's no, there's no room for growth, but yeah, some ideas, you know, I could definitely stretch out. I'm I'm just curious because I mean, we see like Parker Finn and we see like a lot of these people get these short, these short films Mm. that, that become just 200 plus million dollar cash cows at the box office. And it's, I'm always curious, like, yes. And you know, I have to say, did Parker Finn do smile or uh, how do I know that name? What did he do? Smile. Smile. Yeah. Smile. Okay. And I have to say, you know, movies like I, I didn't see the short, yet that smile is based on i'm so glad you brought him up because i that's like been on my phone and like a chrome tab for like months i didn't love smile it's got some really good stuff but you know and like lights out what a solid short in the feature 
you know, so that's also a little bit of a worry that like, ooh, some things are so strong as shorts that then, you know, when you stretch it to 90 minutes or longer, you know, it does sort of fizzle, at least for me. So that's a, that's a tricky thing. But then, uh, you know, as you guys know, some shorts are amazing features. So, you know, yeah, that's a little bit of a worry in mind. It's like, do I actually have a story worth telling for like 90 pages or more? Some of them, yes. Some, no. You know, that's why even going back to sticks, I'm like, I have ideas, but like, do people want to sit in a car with two friends for like half the movie? I don't know. So I appreciate you because we are so close in age uh, comparatively to the other. Rub it in, cat. Nice. Rub it in, cat. I am sorry. Oh, nice. I Uh-oh. am nice. such a fan of 90s horror movies, yes, obviously. Cat, yes. I'm the only one that picks them. What do you think your favorite decade of horror movies is? Man, that's tough because they're all so good. At least like, you know, I know House of Wax from the 50s just turned 70 and I love the original House of Wax and the remake. I did a spoof of that I mean, in high school with friends wa- called wa- House watching, of Sax. Really wa- oh. watching, <laughs> I think everybody enjoyed watching Paris Hilton die. Well, Oh my God, right? I job. mean, it's, it's just, she. hey, you know, she... I'm a, I am a Paris fan. I have she to was say. fun. She was fun. She was and, fun. And yeah. We have yeah. we do have a Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. Uh, I know yes, the cat has my back on this. Yes, um, we are yeah. we're good on that. He, <laughs> he is just so there's just something about Jared Padalecki that I'm like, even even if he's in Walker, Texas Ranger, I'm not going to oh, watch it, but I'm at least going to research and I'm just going to look up some pictures because I just got to <laughs> see. Cat, um, I might have to just be obvious, but I really think it's the 90s. I think yes. it was yes. the movies. The movies just looked so good. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this on my podcast a lot. I feel like I'm a broken record, but something happened like around, I don't know, like 1994 or something. Cause in 93, you had Leprechaun, which I have mm-hmm. a major soft spot for at least for the first Leprechaun. Super fun. It at least was scary as a kid. But like, you know, the film quality is a little 80s looking, but then. You know, New Nightmare in 94 was mm-hmm. like brilliant and scary and looked so good. And then, of course, Scream looks so good. And I know what you did last summer, you know. So, like, I think something technical happened with camera gear in like the mid, mm-hmm. early to mid 90s. And like, they just looked so good, you know, Urban Legend, the faculty. So, yeah, I think I'm just one of those guys that, like, because I was, you know, about to be a teenager around that time. Those movies, I felt like I was watching myself, you know, talk about scary things, you know, it just really hit me and they were smart. And uh, I think, and it's so interesting because that was when there was such a shift where the leads in so many movies, not even horror, were teens or young adults because like Mm -hmm. they were so cool, you know? So yeah, yeah, I mean, I love some 80s stuff, but I think I have to give it to like the 90s. It's just, it's my special spot. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for our age group because we're so young compared to everyone else. Like, you know, the movies that came out, you know, when you're younger and you see it when you're very, like, obviously we watched the classics when you're younger. Like, that's what right. started our, our love of horror. But like the new ones that came out when we were kind of like going over that, like through this threshold, they were yeah. just like right there and they were like, everyone was talking about them. And so they were like right on your brain. And also the yeah. fact that they kind of leaned into the tropes you know that were laid before them from the other ones i think that you know i love the meta ones i love how meta scream is you know what i mean like it's hilarious to look back at now but at the time 
you know, it was new and it was fun and we, and we loved it. So yeah, I'm just always a proponent of the nineties. Yeah. The meta, you know, they were smart, the the character, and even if they weren't smart, you know, if you're like Tara Mm -hmm. Reid and urban legend or whatever, like still (laughs) they, they felt so cool and like real, at least at the time. And at least in maybe my like 10, 11, 12 year old eyes that it's like, Ooh, I want to be them. But also like, I kind of am them. Like I would be having those same conversations like if I had cool friends and not scaredy cats, you know? So <laughs> yeah, the early nineties for sure. And then even like Blair Witch, like that whole, that was when I was starting to go to the movie theater, you know, with friends and like the, just the excitement of those films. I think I just have to give it to them for sure. Well, well, I, I would say young whippersnapper <laughs> that by the time I was seeing nineties horror movies, I had already experienced the seventies and eighties. So I could appreciate Yay. what that shit was bringing back. Totally. Yeah. I, and that's why sometimes I feel kind of like silly because it's like, oh, that was so fresh. And you're like, yeah, well, you, the other stuff, you know, but I at no, least I mean, on the weekends I, in high school, I rented those movies. So, you know, I was watching those too. Uh, I, I mean, I'm guilty. I, I went, I saw Scream, the original Scream six times in the movie theater. I am so um, jealous. But wow. it's be- but but it but is because what it did is it dragged the genre that I loved out of the doldrums uh, where it was just being absolutely eviscerated. It was so overdone. And Scream brought in this thing that was like, wait a minute, like those VHS movies that I was renting as a kid and watching like Mosquito and, you know, all these terrible horror movies. Yeah. Um, I went to the movie theater and I was like, oh, my God, like we were having a revival. So um, yeah. I do. Appre- I was there. I was there on opening night of I Know What You wow. Did Last Summer. Um, <gasps> I was dating. I was dating somebody that was running a movie theater in Port in Maine, uh, got me in. I should not have been there. There were people sitting in the aisles uh, because <gasps> it was oversold. And. The, just the the audience's reaction and yelling and like literally like the Sarah Michelle Geller death scene like in the alley like all of those things, like experiencing those things in the 90s um I know what you guys probably experienced that as as young horror fans for me it was like a revival of a genre that I thought was dead um mm-hmm. so it was super exciting so wow I'm I with you hearing that I have tears in my eyes. That's amazing. I love hearing that. Wow. Six times in the theater for Scream. I did see I know in theaters right after school, I felt so badass with my dad. And that was back <laughs> nice. when he would sneak he would sneak his VHS camera in there and like nice. be a little illegal. And because wow. he knew he's like, all right, as soon as we go home, you're gonna want to rewatch this again. And I would <clears throat> I like watch Scream 2 bootleg so many times. I thought that was so brilliant. The whole movie within a movie, you know. So yeah, I, I, at least uh, that's my perspective. But wow, Kevin, that's so cool. I love it. Yeah, that yeah, Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar scene in both Scream 2 and in I Know, that the big chase, I mean, truly iconic. Like, And it's crazy how 25 years later, I mean, it's still so cool. It's still so stressful and it ages really well, I think. A lot of those good horror scenes from the 90s, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you want to, I mean, Randy. Randy in Scream 2, mm-hmm. that scene will destroy me forever and it's almost like it's almost like titanic where like you're like pull him up onto the door rose there's room you watch scream 2 and you're like randy is definitely not gonna die here and he does but every time i watch that movie i'm like you're good bro 
nope, you're not. Right. And it's crazy that Kevin Williamson, I think recently said he kind of regrets killing Randy. I'm like, no, it was no. brilliant because no, we dude. love Randy so much, but that was brilliant. And even though I really do like Scream 6 that just came out, um, I think it's a really solid sequel. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, they, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but like they needed, they needed a mid movie Randy kill for sure. They need to shock us, you know? Um, yeah. Brilliant. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, scream five, I think you're talking about where we have that mid movie. There is, yeah, there is that, which is, yeah, at least that I, I like that. I think it was time and that was needed, but yeah, this newest one, I was hoping there'd be some, you know, survivor that doesn't make it, you know, midway or something. And, you know, but I've already said too much. So I won't yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to derail the conversation. I, I would yeah. love to, I would love to take this offline yeah, with we'll you. We'll talk. I, I think mm-hmm. there's a whole different story that they were setting up where they needed to endear us to the new characters, um, yeah. which would there, they can't, they went game of Thrones and scream five and they couldn't do it in six because they needed mm-hmm. to make us uh, believe in the core four. Yeah, totally. Mark, I'm really surprised to hear you talk about getting pushback in some of your characterizations of some of your queer characters. When when you and I first began talking, I think you initially right away referred to your, your short film, Your Last Summer, as a queer fan film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're very upfront about that. And it's interesting to hear because, you know, we talk so much now, uh, I just think culturally and, and, and as a society, we, we're talking so much more about identity representation in film, not just in yeah. film in, everywhere, but for our purposes in film behind the camera, identity representation in front of the camera on the performance size, and, and even um, in the characterization side, even in, in, in the fictional side of identity. I wonder if it did getting any of that kind of feedback, does that now inform going forward with your original filmmaking or even even on the fan film side, does that inform how you think about approaching characterization fictionally in film? Mm. Or is that just something that you try not to uh to dwell on? I think I think I I don't really dwell on it because I think I know no matter what which with anything nowadays, someone's gonna not like it. And, you know, like for example, Family History is on Reverie TV, which is a site that has a lot of queer content. And I learned randomly that a a sister site put it on their YouTube page. And I had no idea, but it has a bunch of views. I was like, oh, cool, wow. All right, had no idea. I just discovered this, but it has so much hate. So many comments say this is absolute trash. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I'm. I. I guess I'm sort of used to it now. But I'm like, shit. Yikes. Can we like delete these comments? Like, who's running this page? Um. But you know, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of queer people. You know, there are some that even for that film, the comments said, "Wow, loved it. So dark, twisted." And then some queer people that are like, "This is garbage. I don't want to see queer people." you know, uh, bad things happen to them. So I think I've just sort of, I just know no matter what with, with adding queer characters in horror, some people are not going to like it. Like I know your last summer, sadly, I, I want it to be more popular, but I know there are a lot of anti-gay people out there. And some people have told me right off the bat, like, it's so disappointing that 
you have two men in their bathing suits kissing on the beach. Like that is someone literally said it's so disappointing to see that. And it's like, okay, well, make your own fucking fan film. I don't, I mean, good luck to you, you know? (laughs) I don't know if I can curse. Because it just seems like you can't win. It seems like you can't win because if you don't have bigotry, people attacking you uh, from a bigoted angle, now you also may have complaints from, from the community that you're trying to represent and, Right. Forward. That seems like such a, a tough position. It's tricky. And, you know, like for twin, a lot of um, platforms do not want uh, lesbian content. It's shocking. Like, I can't really get that on many sites or platforms that they're happy with gay male characters, but they're like, oh, no, our audience doesn't want uh, female gay characters. It's like, what? You know, I've never so heard of that. They, that is so interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, a few sites, I won't name them, but they have told me that. And I mean, sure, okay, you know your audience, you gotta do what your audience wants and what makes you money, but like, huh, you know? So yeah, to answer your question, um, yeah, I don't really think too much about that. I just know like when I can, I gotta have a queer person, at least sometimes, you know, even in sticks, it's not obvious, but the character of Justin is sort of inspired by me. So like, I know he's at least a little queer, he's not super straight, you know? So the more I can do that and just make sure that these stories aren't just your typical straight, you know, I feel like everyone on April Fool's Day straight, maybe not, but you know, they're all presented that way. You know, I know you guys are talking about that uh, recently. Um, you know, that it's like, I gotta, it's 2023, you know, and the the gay characters don't need to just be the sidekicks or like the the ones with sass. You know, they have, you know, their real issues they are totally normal people. So yeah, and then if people respond to it well, cool. If they don't, you know, I don't know what to say, but I'll keep doing it and hopefully, hopefully, it goes somewhere, you know? It's interesting to me that you're talking about like, um, you know, uh, studios or platforms not wanting to see um, just a gay couple, a couple of women. Have you seen like what keeps us alive or some of these movies that have been coming out that have those, like they're really, really fucking good. Oh Um, yeah. I loved that one. That's really good. A great example. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just, the i think it's just the 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 tier of platforms i've been able to reach out to you know and and it's hard i i get it you got to do what is right for your business model but it's just really weird especially for a film like twin where we shot that at the height of covid there is no kissing just because i wanted to be super careful it's 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 not like very uh lesbian you know it's just two girls Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you, doing you, a weekend you, together, you, you, know? you even you even have them like sleeping in separate beds, which is kind of a big point of the film. But like, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot a lot in there that you put in there that's pretty poignant, at least yeah. uh, to me when I watched it. I, I actually I loved the idea in Twin. Um, it, it seemed to me kind of a, a cautionary tale about going to bed angry. Yeah, you know, that, yes. that's sort of a, <laughs> yep. a relationship advice mm-hmm. cliche. Never go to bed angry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and honestly, that's I got the idea not only from we had to get sell the bed, but um, yeah, I I do not like going to bed angry. It stresses me out. And in that same cottage, my husband and I had a a fight one time, and I I just remember I was like, oh, I did not, and we went to bed angry, and I was I was sleeping for a bit in that bed, and I was like, this is really weird. I don't like it. Let's just make up right now, please. And you know, so yeah, I, there you go. I love it. That's the moral of the story. 
You know, you, know what I, you know what I was the most angry at you about in that mm. entire short film? It had nothing to do with the subject matter. It was the fact that you used Roboto font on the note on the bed. And I spend, <laughs> I spend so much of my work life in PowerPoint presentations. And wow. I'm so angry when people just default to Roboto font. And when I saw that font, I was like, you know what, Mark J. Parker? I'm out. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Wow. See, another hater. The font I, community. Uh, <laughs> You've offended the font yeah. community. But, now, not, right? but wow. not, not in the way that you thought. This is a new type of hate that you yeah. have to consider. Wow. So, like, so gay hate. Corporate hate. Corporate hate. PowerPoint hate. Font wow. hate. Wow. Well, <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I... Can't even remember what that. Yeah, I'm starting to remember what that note looked like. But if it makes you feel feel better, I feel like the owner of the cottage probably would just type in whatever default thing and like they hit print. You know, like good point. I feel that like it sort of tracks. True, I mean, true they would use like, like they would use Arial or something. I mean, I don't want to belabor this. I'm totally <laughs> fucking with you. But <laughs> but it was that it was it was a very very like present in my moment period of time where I was like. That fucking font. Wow. That's when the horror really started for you. Wow. Okay, yeah, good to exactly. know. <laughs> font, yeah. font horror. It's a new subgenre. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a new subgenre. Kat, yeah. we, can't, we can't see you, Kat, so I want to make sure that you, you get back in here before we... I don't really have any other questions, but I just, I thought it was uh, fun to watch. Just a bunch of, I don't know, I'm so used to watching, you know, 90 plus you know 120 minute plus mm. movies so it's just like really nice to watch all these short films that had a very specific and succinct point you know what i mean mm. it was like oh boom like 20 minutes mm. great in and out but it i thought they were all really well done um oh, and then you. we and then we got to um the one we just talked about uh the one with the at the beautiful lake house Family, oh, uh, family history, family history. Mm -hmm. history. And that one just like that was the last one I watched when I watched the bunch Ooh. and it just absolutely was not expecting it. And so mm. it was just really fun to kind of watch this movie take a turn. Um, not that I, you know, thought I was expecting anything in particular. I just think my brain was going somewhere else. So mm, okay. I was just wondering what made you think think to take that turn like I know you were talking about oh you know I was at this beautiful place and I saw like the lady of the lake but I guess yeah. I'm just wondering what what made you what inspired you to kind of take it in that supernatural you know because you start mm -hmm. at that um I don't know the ending I don't want to give away the ending but the ending like no, Pat post credits <laughs> fucked me up yeah. I was like oh shit Ooh. yes get her like I don't know but like I'm always <laughs> you know, rooting for someone to get her in that instance yeah so i guess i i hope you're not you know taking it from personal experience you know in that no, way yeah. but i guess i'm just wondering <laughs> you know what kind of inspired that that kind of um that yeah. plot line for you oh man what a good question because like i said i'm i really am so proud of that film and like how it all came together and it's dark right it's twisted mm -hmm. no luckily mm -hmm. not it's at all so inspired good. by real life yeah it's <laughs> my mom and i are great don't you worry <laughs> um but and it's funny when people ask me that i'm like oh no no that's all just that's a story it's not real um yeah uh, let's think uh I, well i knew so yeah, I knew that from the get-go, like, I just saw this lake and I was like, let's do like a modern, creepy, you know, I was thinking of like, the, you know, The Ring and like the Evil Dead 
remake especially you know seeing mm -hmm. um that actress jane levy like all wet and i was like let's like do that typical wet woman thing you know but like let's let's like do it in a different way and it's like a different kind of horror so i i always kind of was envisioning her and i think just as i was writing it i was like ooh, but there's gotta be like another twist i think again it goes back to like you know the funny games or like these some of these dark movies that just they're not done yet you know mm -hmm. and yeah i think once we reveal you know that this guy was brought here for a reason um then i was like yeah during the credits we got to see the backstory what actually yeah. happened to mom you know and a lot of people did not not i shouldn't say a lot i'm making it seem like i got all the you know but like some people did not like that a gay character was killed and then did not like that you know a gay character could do that at mm -hmm. the end you know what do they um, want gay characters like, to do mark i know <laughs> they want them to be angels which we are you know and, and like you know that's that's of course yes many you know but i don't know i they're also just real people and like they do crazy shit too you know and and they're also in these stuck positions you know like i really feel for the lead character i created in uh family history sam the son because like he's doing this to stay alive and you know and and in the the feature film if i ever get there you know there's a lot of guilt it's dark because like this guy's got so much weighing on him you know but if he doesn't do this for his parents for mom you know then he dies you know but mm -hmm. uh, yeah i just was like oh let's just it's not over yet and i my husband was the one with sticks that was like well just add some stuff during the credits and so that's what because you know most people who aren't like us and are big movie nerds when that first credit rolls it's over and i'm like yeah. no what a cool way to like still let the crew and the cast get attention but like have more of the story even if it's super simple you yeah. know your last summer it's really just like some fun kind of clips that you didn't see from like another angle you know but like yeah. let's let's keep it going and so for family history yeah like we would say like hashtag watch through the credits because that's when right <laughs> you know it, that's when it gets that's real. maybe that's maybe the the scariest part of the whole that thing is, you know? yeah, yeah. is like and I a, think... a coming out gone wrong. Yeah. Oh man. Well, gone and, right and, for and some remi people. Or, yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 it reminded me of um, like what lies beneath. Thank you so much. With oh, a very, Kevin, thank with, you. Like, yes. With a, like, like through a queer lens, it reminded me of mm -hmm. like, oh here's gosh, what yes. lies beneath through that. Like, oh, and I, lo my, I love my... that movie. It's We haven't yes. covered it on the show yet, but uh, Ooh, I'll, get, I'll get it there gotta... someday. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that movie. It's such a great, like, big budget, just like, you know, shiny, pretty thriller, but it's so good. It really works. And I'm so glad you brought that up because on on my little kind of like, uh, what do they call it? I didn't make a deck because I'm not that fancy, but like on my little <laughs> kind of like mood board, Word doc, like copying and pasting some pictures for uh, our DP at the time, I definitely included shots of what lies beneath. Again, yeah, wet, creepy, ghosty yeah. woman, the lake, this kind of nice upper crusty vibe. Yep, totally there. I love that. I love that you saw that. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, Mark, you do so much, and we we haven't really touched on the teaching and coaching that you do. You're mm -hmm. you're an acting and screenwriting coach. Out of out of all the things that you're doing um, that we've talked about, and and even that we haven't touched on, what would you choose to do all the time? If you could do one thing, you had to oh. pare all of this down. 
to one thing all the time that could be your entire focus, what would that be? Oh, wow. That's tough because I've always done too many things. Um, I think if, can I pick two? Because I think sure. it would be filmmaking and podcasting like <laughs> all the time, right? Like okay, right, whether it's, right. it doesn't always need to be something I wrote and directed, but like even just producing or casting, you know, like that kind of filmmaking ish somehow being involved in more indie films and then also being able to still podcast and nerd out about you know the big stuff that was big in our lives that if i could just do that all day every day like that'd be so special teaching is awesome like just before this i was teaching one of my zoom classes and like i just love adults and teens but especially like when teens are good I just make, I'm so happy for them and it's so fun getting them there. But there's a lot of imposter syndrome in my brain with teaching, you know, like sometimes I'm like, yeah, today I'm not really in the mood to like teach you. And I'm wondering if I even really like know what I'm doing, you know? Um, And I I know that's like a common thing for many people. Right. But yeah, yeah, um, that's great. But like that wears me out because especially when it, whether it's on zoom online or in person, like, Maybe it's just me, but I feel like I also kind of have to entertain, you know, I got to make sure like you paid for this. So I got to make sure not only are you learning, but like you're having fun, you know? Yeah. So that's just my crazy brain that um, it's it's great and so rewarding, but it, it's taxing, you know, yeah. whereas the other stuff is taxing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, filmmaking, my God, crazy people do that. Right. But at least, you know, you're sharing that craziness with a little crew and, you know, you're creating some crazy vision you had, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. When can we expect to see Casting Kill? Do we have a timeline? I know it's in mm. post. I know you're talking about the festival circuit. Yeah. You go, yeah you, so, I, I, and are you going to Salem? Because, uh, you know, we're, we're all not far from Salem. So right? we'd, love to, I we'd, actually, love to, we'd love to meet up there. Yeah, that'd be so fun. I'm hoping to maybe try to go to – I haven't been to the Salem Film Fest. Um, and I have a slight – bone to pick because they have such a tough short film time limit at 16 minutes which i know is long but for me it's short i'm like (laughs) can you make it 20 because like i don't know i stretch things out a little bit um so yeah so casting kill i don't think we'll make the 16 minute i was really pushing my my friend and editor aaron i'm like we gotta get it to 16 minutes because i think this could have legs to go to salem but i just i just need it to breathe a little bit more so it's gonna be like 16 minutes and 46 seconds so i guess no salem for me or maybe i just uh submitted as a feature okay whatever right (laughs) right you know but um but yeah if you guys i might be uh going maybe saturday night to the shorts block because um a filmmaker i know her short is in the block so if you're gonna be there let me know um but yeah cast and kill so uh yeah we're finally almost done i feel bad because and it's so funny new england actors are a little pushier than the new york jersey philly actors where like once something's done it's like exactly a month and they're like how's it going when can i get footage for my reel i'm like "Ooh, i take like a good nine months for it to be done like this is a true baby um so you know like the scream film i made i i don't know how i did it we shot it like right around the time of the anniversary of the original it was like around december 19th 20th of 2021 and i was able to get it out because i edited it and i colored it which i didn't do a good job coloring i'm I'm, some of the stuff i can't do right but to save money and time i got it out like january 13th like less than a month i don't know how the hell i did that not doing that again usually my films take a while right so casting kills finally almost done we shot it last july i'm 
think by like late May it'll be done. And um, yeah, I'll happily send you guys the link for sure. But I, I'm pretty proud of it. Yes. It's funny. It's inspired by some time that I've done somewhere. I won't really, you know, call people out, but it's inspired by some people I've worked with and how casting can be kind of tough and no one gives a shit. Um, and so, yeah, it's fun and there's a good motive and it's also very inspired by Scream. Um, for you Scream fans, there's like, hopefully some Scream 2 DNA in there, especially. Like I remember telling some of my actors, I'm like, okay, so when Sydney and Gail realize that this is the killer, like, can you do that on their face? And like, some of these people are so young, they're like, okay, what? I'm like, right, <laughs> you have homework. Cause that's like a pivotal moment. Um, but yeah, long story short, it's almost done. Hopefully soon, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little like crazy and I just start like submitting even if it's not, if it's like a work in progress cut. And then like in a couple of weeks, I just like update it, you know, and hopefully right. no one noticed. Yep. So, Great right. News. So yep. I'll start submitting it very soon, like in May for the fall. Um, so yeah, I'll have two films kind of doing some festival stuff. Cause even though your last summer's on YouTube and Vimeo, you know, some, some festivals do take fan films. And because that needs a little bit more loving than the Scream film, cause Scream fans are like, they are diehards. They watch all Scream content your last mm -hmm. summer fans and your last and and i know what you did last summer just as a franchise is a little less uh die hard you know so i'm thinking some festivals could just help i don't know get that a little bit more attention you know so yeah i'll have two films in the festival circuit which i've done before and i've literally sent festivals the wrong film they're like okay <laughs> thanks for twin but we wanted family history what is twin i'm like oh whoops one second so i'll be doing that again awesome. oh well well, all the shorts that we've talked about, uh, except for Casting Kill, of course, are are out there, available, YouTube, Vimeo, other places. Release date, Rewind Podcast, anywhere there are podcasts, pretty much, right? Do you yeah. have a mm -hmm. Do you have a site now? I didn't I didn't find Mark. Do you, where would you like people to go? Do people want to keep up with what you're doing? Where should people go? That's a good question because I have a website, but it's so janky and like mm, who <laughs> who cares about websites it's all about social right i hope right um so yeah um you can find me on social feel free to go to my instagram is at mjp underscore pov that's more film stuff and casting stuff and you'll see you know my link tree i feel like link trees like easy because at least that link tree have a million yes things. and then and then yeah there's also the release date rewind instagram page if you want to join that that's how I followed you guys and I started loving your show. So I post lots of, you know, lots of pictures of old movies. Um, so yeah, either of those, feel free to follow or, or contact me there. And uh, yeah, I'm casting a film that I'm not writing or directing, but I'm just producing. It'll happen in Portland, in the Portland area in the summer. So um, anyone who follows me will start to see some posts about that to start casting those roles. So yeah. All right. Well, well, Mark, Mark we want, I, I want three things. One. Okay. If you need to have any of us killed in one of your movies, we will do that for free. Yeah. Ooh. Um, two. Uh, any of us would love to come on release date rewind. Uh, it's yes. a great show. It's very well produced. Uh, fantastic podcast. Sounds, yeah. It sounds great, Mark. And three, oh, just for so me, much. just for me personally, you and I need to talk about the movie Twister. Um, and we don't we don't have time to do that on this show because we're wrapping up. But you and I need to catch up on the movie Twister. Um, oh, I have yes. a very very intimate relationship with that movie, and I I, I feel oh. that that you do as well. We'll catch up. 
Oh, okay. I love that. I'm very intrigued. Twister is so good. And I know we're wrapping up. One quick thing that you guys will like, and you probably already know because you are all very smart and you know this stuff. The wife of Michael Crichton, who wrote Twister, is in Prom Night and has that epic, I forget her name right now, but she's in Prom Night and has that epic chase scene throughout the school. She's the yep. beautiful redhead. Oh, yes. And I just, I did not know yeah, that. my mind was blown. I'm like, mm-hmm. she married Michael Crichton. Wow. Good for you. Um, so yeah, cool. <laughs> Little connection there. But um, yeah, please, you guys are definitely going to be on my show. I'll think of some horror movies in the, in the future that um, would Great. be so fun to have you guys, horror thrillers and yeah, please. Yeah, I would love. I'll let you know the next uh, horror I write, and I'll see if yeah you guys can die. That'd be pretty fun. Please, we'll work yeah. On it. yeah, kill please. us. Yeah, kill us. Please, <laughs> I need more J. blood Parker. in my movies. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Mark J. Parker, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Been a real thank pleasure you. to get to know you and hang out. And we will be uh, following you for sure, and uh, wishing you all the success. Thank you guys so much. This was so cool. Thank you. Next week, checking out two films from last year, all jacked up and full of worms on VOD and a movie called Piggy, which is now on Hulu. Hulu.